Greetings and salutations. Welcome. My name is Andy, and you are listening to the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and of course, Star Wars. That's right. This is the DCast. This week, myself, David, Sean, and Chris are talking all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars, including some top five Marvel movie choices, along with Dumbo, and a very special interview with my good friend, Mr. Leo Camacho, the Disney content creator himself. That and much more on this week's episode of, wait for it, the DCast. Hey there, everybody. Welcome. This is, of course, Andy, and you are listening to the podcast that covers all things Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and, of course, Star Wars. This is a DCast. With me, as always, are our interns, along with David and Sean and Chris. How are you guys doing today? Let's start with Chris. How are you doing today, Chris? Fantabulous. Fantabulous. And, David, how are you doing today? You are coming back from me sick, but you're also coming back from Emerald City Comic Con up yes. in fabulous Seattle. Oh, Seattle. Seattle was fantastic. It, it was it was amazing. Never never actually been there outside the airport. Mm-hmm. Oh, am, am, can you hear me? I can hear you now. <laughs> right. On. Yeah, no. It was, it was an amazing trip. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to kind of fill you guys in a little bit more. So I brought you guys some really cool gifts. And uh, swag, yes, yes, so. yes, he did. He did. And then swag. swag. And then we have Mr. Sean himself, Papa Disney, as we call him now. Uh, how you doing, Papa Disney? I'm good, Andy. How are you guys I'm- doing? Great week, Great. beautiful weather here finally in Southern Oregon. Except it's going to start raining again. That's yeah. nice today, though, so yes. we'll go with that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So there is so much to talk about. First, I am going to go turn this over to David real quick. And... Uh, um, and, and find out what was going on at, at Emerald City Comic Con. What is Emerald City Comic Con? What did you do? And you did some cosplaying up there. Yes. So I Emerald City Comic Con, first of all, is one of the biggest Comic Cons that I've been to. Um, didn't get a chance to go to San Diego. So next to that, it, I mean, they had to have had probably about 100,000 people there. Um, I was expecting huge. more to be in cosplay, but the percentage was, it was amazing. Some people, people put like amazing quality detail into the work of, of their costumes and stuff. I mean, we had this really cool like Darth Vader and all, I mean, the whole entire universe is were, were represented at this Comic Con. Um, I reprised my role as M'Baku with some help from you know, some of the people I went up there with and stuff. But it, it was it was fun. It was amazing. You got to, they had Artist Alley with uh, all there's indie comic mm-hmm. uh, people up there promoting some amazing comic uh, books. In fact, I picked up a few signed editions and stuff. Um, some of the you know there's there's a few Pixar animators. I didn't get a chance to actually meet and talk to them because you know there's kind of a line and you, you have to kind of battle through all the even even animators have their own fans and followers yes. and stuff it, it was really really cool to see so uh we had uh brain wilson who's dwight Schrute from the office he was there nice there was the cast uh i, I think it was just the, the 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 male cast uh the boys from stranger things they were there taking pictures and stuff with the fans and stuff. So that was really, really, really cool. So it was, uh, you know, uh, three days, uh, four days, sorry, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And yeah, it was, it was amazing. Emerald City Comic Con, like, it's like, it, for me, it goes San Diego, New York, Emerald City, Seattle. Like, I just, I'm surprised how big that has gotten. You, you've never been there before, right? No, no, first time. So what are people saying there about the growth of that particular Comic-Con in the Northwest? So I have to admit, it, there, was, uh, there was a lot of positive views, but there are some mixed. Because, uh, you know, with, with anything, you got growing pains, so mm-hmm. security. Uh, some people got through real easy and stuff because they were funneling people through. And, but some had complaints like this wasn't like the Comic-Con I used to. Yeah. But that, they're going to complain anyway. They, they, they'd rather have 
have a small kind of intimate more settings versus the mainstream and that's kind of where comic cons have gone is more mainstream yeah. broad appeal so yeah but overwhelmingly good response and stuff for people they did an excellent job up there those guys at ecc so very cool and speaking of close small intimate comic cons chris we got a comic con coming up here soon here in medford which isn't so small anymore what's going on with medford comic con what are we doing well we are helping dj uh, and then they're, they are doing a cosplay contest, and I guess we're going to help with that in our own respect. I mean, I'm not the cosplay guy, but... Uh, Come on, we got to get you a Wookiee costume, bro. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're super... I mean, I think we're all pretty stoked to do this and, and be a part of it. It's, it's uh, from what I understand, the biggest free Comic-Con. Yes. It is the world's largest free Comic-Con. And that's awesome, because yes. about five years ago when I went, there was about 15 people there. Yeah. So to see the growth has been tremendous. It's been amazing. Yeah. Just, just. How many people? I mean, it, it was honestly there was about twenty-five to thirty people there, maybe. So and then I think last year their total estimates around forty thousand or so are a little north, a little higher than that. At least so. when I stopped in, it, it, it's insane the it amount is. of the number of people they fought because it's a small community college mm-hmm. here and the library mm-hmm. and. I don't. I, I still don't know how they're going to filter everybody through. But just the community comes together. Yeah. Um, you know, like people. I, I didn't know people in this community. Like they build a Ghostbusters car and they put it out there. They have all the cars like yeah. Batmobile, Ghostbusters car, um, Mad Max cars, all out there displaying. And they have Absolutely. all the food trucks and everybody just comes together. You're mm. doing at the Member Comic Con a intro to how to cosplay. Yeah. So we're we're doing a, a cosplaying for kind of. It, I, don't, I hate using the for dummies thing, but you know it's. But yes, it's just intro to com, uh, com, uh, cosplaying on the budget, kind of you know using some of the materials you have around. There are some professional ones. We are not that. Mm-hmm. So my my outfit, I, I have to admit, the Umbaku, which I, I do get some good compliments and stuff. Which I'm going to reprise the role at the Metro Comic Con. So come on down and, and check that out. It it was done for like probably about 40 bucks and stuff. Wow. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to have that class. I'm going to be helping out. Um, the main instructor is going to be uh, Amber Robles, who she's amazing. She does a lot of stuff with Star Wars and and as well as Rachel. So they, they both help put together my cosplay with me. So. Yep, shout out to them. Awesome. And so 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 Papa Disney over here. Yes. What what's what's going on in the world of our our social medias right now? Like you you're kind of like our I'm going to call you our social media manager because you just handle it all for me, which is great because I have too much going on. I'm trying I'm still learning all of it. I don't know anything about Twitter. So So um. we have we have the grandpa <laughs> of the group um, handling your social media. So yeah, you don't have to call me grandpa over and over. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, Papa Disney. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a grandfather yet. That means it's up to you. Yes, I am a grandfather. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Castrid, my six-year-old grandson. Yes, um, the Instagram. We're just trying to post on there every day. Get more involvement with uh, the people out there. We're getting a lot more involvement lately. Asking some questions and people mm-hmm. are answering back. And I mean, it's going well so far. Like I said, anyone that has any advice on Twitter, please uh, send me how to. <laughs> help out with that because it's it confuses me what retweeting and all that stuff means so yes and just just to throw it out there he is the coolest disney grandpa ever because he has the partner <laughs> statue tattoo that that that's looking at the, the start of that sleeve starting to look pretty good here we're gonna yeah, shot it's really nice. nice oh my gosh you have mickey and walt and the yeah. castle in the background and that, that's cool you're going full sleeve right yeah the, supposedly oh. we're going to add the matterhorn and big oh, mountain gosh. next. so we'll be behind it and then and he's, space mountain down here and then we'll be good to go and you're mr incredible today so you got the mr incredible <laughs> shirt so uh, speaking of social media I'm, I've, I've decided to give away a blu-ray Right. Uh, a, a, an amazing film by one of my favorite directors, Ava DuVernay, who's just a 
goddess of directing. My gosh. Uh, Wrinkle in Time, we have blue, it's the Blu-ray DVD and uh, digital download combo. So what you need to do, you can win this. You can. So all you need to do is tweet, hey, listen to the Dcast and tag us, whether that's on Instagram, that's on Instagram stories, and that's on Twitter. So Instagram or Twitter, either way, post, hey, you should listen to the Dcast and tag us, and people will go on there. And that's all you need to do. And then every time you do that, you can do it once a day on Twitter and once a day on Instagram and once a day on Instagram stories. So that's three days, three times a day you can win. And then we're going to put all those names in a hat next week. And you'll get this copy of A Wrinkle in Time, uh, directed by Ava DuVernay. Has Oprah, has Reese Witherspoon, has Mindy Kaling from The Office. I mean, gosh, the, the amazing cast in it. And I just, you, you, you want this. You want this. So I'm going to start giving away more Blu-rays. I got so many Blu-rays that I have Disney Movie Club. And yes. I always forget to, like, oh, I already have this copy. And they're right. sending me. So I'm like, oh, well, I'll just give it away eventually. So we want to give away more Blu-rays. So you can win a copy of A Wrinkle in Time, uh, directed by Ava DuVernay from Disney. Uh, just go on Twitter the next week or go on Instagram and say, hey, friends, listen to the Dcast and tag us at the Dcast on Twitter or at the D underscore cast on Instagram. Put a picture. Get a creative picture. Yep. You know, that we'll, we might retweet it. We might repost it. So that's a great way to win. With that, though, I want to move on to some Marvel stuff here. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit. I got a little inspiration from my friend Sean Chandler. He has an Instagram, uh, not an Instagram, a YouTube channel. Uh, called Sean Chandler talks about it's a movie it's a, it's a movie channel he reviews movies Sean's a great guy um, we're friends on Instagram on, on Facebook we've talked to this personally about some stuff um, but he has <coughs> he, he keeps ranking Marvel movies and when he does it um, he gets like 200,000 300,000 he, he, he's now a YouTuber I started yeah. watching his videos when he had like 200 subscribers cool. and now he lives and supports his family doing YouTube, YouTube talking about movies but he did that he ranked all of the Marvel movies and I thought we would just do kind of do the same I'm going to lead off with let David take this because he is the Marvel guy he is our comic book guy so first David can you explain to us what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe what does it mean and then let's get into the rankings here so absolutely so the MCU not to be confused with the Marvel Comic Universe at all. Um, the MCU Marvel is done by Marvel Studios. Uh, started out in the early 2000s, and it just grew to this massive juggernaut of, of you know great proportions. Um, Kevin with Kevin Feige at the helm, uh, it produced. We have 22. Marvel movies and stuff that we're going to be talking about. Well, we're not going to talk all about all of them. We're just going to kind of rank some of our our top favorite movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually going to tell you some of my bottom of the bottom of the list and stuff here. I have very specific reasons why. But we, I mean, for those who don't know, I mean, let's just talk about some of the the cool characters and stuff. We got you know uh, Captain America. You got Tony Stark, who's mm-hmm. Iron Man. We now have some of the newbies and stuff with uh, Captain Marvel recently, Black Panther. We got Spider Man with the combination of, uh, and so uh, and I'm gonna talk about this a little bit too because Marvel actually um, early on sold some of their properties and their rights and stuff. So yeah. like you know a lot of you guys may heard like uh, X Men is not really a Marvel property. So all X-Men and everything that they put out is while they are Marvel characters, there are properties of Fox, which until last Thursday. Yes. Yes. I am super excited about that merger when they, when Fox got brought back into the, got brought into the fold under Mm -hmm. Disney. And so now that means X-Men, Deadpool, 
all moving over mutants just in general. Yeah, the they can business. say mutants. They can say mutants and stuff in, in, in the Marvel and the MCU and stuff. So I'm super stoked for that. Another shared property is Spider-Man. Um, that deal was actually really, really kind of cool when they introduced uh, Spider-Man into the Civil War and they did that little cameo mm-hmm. thing. And then Marvel Studios helped out with Homecoming. And so, yeah, so that so that kind of joint venture is kind of kind of really, really cool because they're not kind of they're not standoffish and stuff. So, yeah, so the Incredible Hulk, I mean, there's a whole list of of comic book heroes that are on the big screen that's creating what is now known as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All right. So with that said, let's get your top five and your bottom five Marvel Cinematic Universe films. <clears throat> absolutely. Absolutely. So for, for me, it, it, I, I'd actually go back and rewatch uh, these two movies just to kind of because uh, I was kind of teetering back and forth with with uh, Black Panther and uh, Captain America went to so- Winter Soldiers. Uh-huh. Love both of them. Uh, Captain America went to Soldiers was very, um, it had this kind of sense of realism to it and some, some layers on the characters uh-huh. yeah. and stuff. It was, I, I, I loved it and stuff. It wasn't, it didn't have that kind of cartoony kind of surface. It really kind of went deep in. There's yeah. some really amazing action scenes and stuff in that. So I go back and forth, but I'm going to have to say Black Panther because I, I, I not only it has some death and some layers and stuff to it, but I got true. I'm truly excited <laughs> for for that movie. It was fun. It was actually fun and stuff. Uh-huh. And the fact that I have uh, uh, two teenagers and stuff. When I was a little kid, I mean, for me, it was more personal. When I was a little kid, Black Panther. I was given a Black Panther comic book and stuff by my grandfather. Um, you know, able to go and take my kids to go see Black Panther and see you know my my daughter who's you know 15, same age as Shuri, watching this amazing woman genius in the Marvel universe and stuff, kicking butt and taking names and stuff. It just, I mean, that just kind of edged it out for me. That was, that was it. There was my personal connection. So, yeah, so Black Panther, uh, Winter Soldier, I got uh, Avengers Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to do my, my top five. Thor Ragnarok, that was my sleeper. I kind of kicked it on and off my top five and stuff. And then, which kind of goes against most people out there, it, it may be in your top ten, but not in most people's top five, I thoroughly enjoyed Doctor Strange. When they introduce yes. black magic into the Marvel universe, a whole other side, yep. the mysticism, it's because it's all over, it's peppered throughout the entire the comic book you know, mm-hmm. universe and stuff. So kudos for, for Black Panther. I think uh, Cumberbatch did an amazing job with that. So here's my top five. Awesome. Do you have a bottom five? Oh. <laughs> so no no surprise. Um, Thor, uh, you know, Dark World. I I wasn't filming the Thor movies and stuff. They uh-huh. they were they it it, it was kind of all over the place. There yeah. were some it was kind of dark, it was kind of cartoony, it was methodical, it was a you know the you know you know guy trying to you know find his own his own path with his own father, his, his brother, um trying to be here. It, it was it was it, it was just kind of a little bit all over the place for me. You, yeah. So, yes. Um Incredible Hulk also yeah <laughs> was on my bottom it's on my bottom and i'm a hulk fan hulk is my number two uh superhero of all time um i yeah i can go into hulk forever and stuff but the incredible hulk which kind of goes against what most people because people love especially ed norton's version of the hulk but it was for me 
it was it was a little too dark and stuff. And yeah. then as I started reading about, because that wasn't the beat that they wanted to take with that movie mm-hmm. and stuff. But you know, Ed Norton being Ed Norton and stuff, he wanted to add, and, and rightfully so, he makes some amazing films. Yeah, and he added his twist, so he has that stamp when he does. That. He does. But going into a comic book movie and who the audience is, and 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 and, and, wanted, and a franchise too, yeah, where you're yeah. built, you got to build on it. You can't yeah. really have an auteur kind of attitude towards it. No, no, absolutely. So, so yeah, so Incredible Hulk is is down there. Iron Man three <laughs> is on my bottom of uh, on the bottom of my pal. Um, I'm I'm sorry, but you know the matter Mandarin, um, that <laughs> the, the doofus villain. I I mean he. He, the first part of Iron Man started out like, wow, the matter, and this is kind of cool. He was built up to be the, and then it turned yeah. out he's just this actor doofus. So I, it's like, oh man, what, what, are, what are we? He was still better, still better than uh, Malekith, though. I thought. Yeah, no, no, don't get me, <laughs> don't get me wrong. It's, but he's he's on my he's on my bottom and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the finish out um, Iron Iron Man two. So uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So that's you know, both of those. I mean, I'm I'm a huge huge Robert Downey fan. It just you know some of the um, um, Iron Man itself is on my top. It's in this number three on my on my list. Uh-huh. But Iron Man two just kind of just didn't. Work. That is not my bird. No. <laughs> so, but comeback. You know, I gotta say, comeback, comeback. Uh, I have to give the comeback to Thor though, because with Ragnarok, man. Oh man, gosh. Because I, I, when going into it, I wasn't really excited. I mean, I, I saw the I saw the the, the trailer. And I'm like, oh. Okay, it's Thor, but I've seen the first two. Uh-huh. And then when I went to actually go see it. Ooh, yeah, they, it, they took a, a way different direction with that because that mm-hmm. those were originally directed by Kenneth Branagh, who, mm-hmm. like, he's a Shakespearean director and actor. Great, amazing. Yeah. And they're going for that kind of Shakespearean big English father. Yes, it. Yeah. it is brother. But and then they got Taika Waititi to yes. do the third one, which was genius. Oh, and yeah. Taika Waititi is just oh, mm-hmm. guy, guy is I, I love that guy. They totally turned Thor around for yep. me. Yep. Totally did. Love same, it. same. Yep. So that's it. That's for it for me for my top, my top, and my bottom. All right. So MCU. let's go to the 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 Marvel noob. <laughs> that's me. Marvel. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go with Sean here, and we're gonna talk a little bit about well. Your top five Marvel films, and you just watched Ragnarok today. I did. Just I just finished it like an hour ago. It was awesome. great. Um, yeah, I'm learning all this stuff. Being part of this, learning all the the MCU stuff is absolutely amazing. Um, my top five, because um, I have not seen all these movies, so I will. I'll be honest, straightforward there. My number one was Infinity War. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, number two is Black Panther. I thought it was just an amazing visual film. Mm-hmm. Um, Civil War, I really liked. That's my number three. Yeah. Number four, I know it's not going to be popular, but Captain Marvel is because we just saw it last week. I I absolutely love that movie then. Absolutely. Me and David were talking before, and I just actually just switched Thor from uh, sixth to fifth. So um, Thor Ragnarok was absolutely great. Those are my top five. I don't have a bottom five because I haven't seen them all. So talk to me okay, in six so months. I'm gonna give, right. I got a stack of Blu-rays to give you. Perfect. Um, and <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'll move, watch them. <laughs> let's move on to Chris, the other comic book geek over here. Um, <laughs> so have you seen all those films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes or no? Absolutely. I thought so. Show off. So yeah. show. <laughs> saw them on the theater. <laughs> in the theater. Oh, of course you, did. you just don't. Think, he was giving you a high five. Uh, I'm sorry. And it was. It was on. T- I have <laughs> tiny eyes. I, I just, when I laugh, they disappear. Oh, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm glad we're not. Well, we are on camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Instagram. We're all the way How are you? There's three people watching currently. So. Yes. Uh, top five Marvel films. You're going to hear a lot of echoes uh, in terms of my bottom five. 
because there's clearly a bottom five, or at least a bottom three, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then the rest mm-hmm. is kind of for interpretation. Thor, I mean, Dark Dark World is just... It's not like there aren't any redeeming values to it. You know what? They're just right. That's your top. That's your top movie. No, oh, no, okay. that's, that's <laughs> the watch worst that of all of them. Uh, and then I have Iron Man two. Yep. Again, you know he's bird. I don't care. About, I don't care about bird. Um, this is not my bird. This is this not bird. Uh, Incredible Hulk. Uh, like he said, it started off really good. The abomination is an abomination when it finally mm-hmm. makes its appearance. Yes. It's so cartoonish and mm-hmm. over the top. Um, and it ruins it. Um, but uh, so that's probably the third from bottom for me. And then honestly, the first Thor, which uh, lacked direction, and then you know his main danger is Hawkeye's going to shoot him. <laughs> which is, yeah. I mean, I get it. I yeah. guess. And then Iron Man three, which tried so hard to be entertaining, and for parts of it were. But then, you know, like you said, you set up the Mandarin, which is a phenomenal villain yes. for, yes. for Iron Man. And instead, we get Guy Pierce. <laughs> yeah. As like a super android kind of yeah. person. But, and so they're just, all in all, those are just, they, they don't add much. They don't do much with the villains. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in your hero's as good as its villain. Uh, it's, what, it's what counterbalances, which is why Infinity War is number one. Mm-hmm. Because yes. Thanos is the most thought-out villain yes. that ever, they've had. Ever. Um, even though the backstory is different on why he chooses to cut half, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It puts his, his talk of balance is uh, amazing. And the Russo brothers, I mean, I, I wish I could sit in on a session with them and just, just talk Marvel. Because the way they managed to pull all the characters apart from all of these Marvel movies and put them and in, intermingle them and everything made sense and the chemistry is so good. Uh, it's just a masterpiece. It's really fantastic. Um, Iron Man is my second best because uh, it's, the, it's the opener, man. I mean, we had Blade and we had other stuff, but Iron, Iron Man's the one that goes, hey, look, we can make money. People love it. Yeah. This is good. Robert Downey yeah. Jr. is a backbone we can build this universe on. We got Samuel L. Jackson coming in. We're good. Wait, wait, wait. What about. You ever see the Marvel film um, with. Uh, what's his name? As. Uh, the Hoff? As. Uh, oh, as. <laughs> yeah. That's the. Starlord's uh, brother? I mean. No. Um, um, that's the Hasselhoff. Uh, gosh, what was Hasselhoff? That was Hasselhoff the Hoff. Um, when. Uh, Samuel Jackson character. Why am I blanking on? I should be blanking. Oh, on. Nick Fury. Oh, yeah, oh, it was Nick, Nick Fury, Fury. Agent of Shield. Uh, yeah, because yes. and that's when that's when um, that's when Nick Fury was white in the comic books, and yeah. they changed yeah, them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you ever, you, that wasn't one of your top five. No. Okay. No, mo- most things with the Hoff are not going to make my top five <laughs> yeah. of anything good. Yeah, Come on, bring, babe. You had to bring that back and put I that mean, in my memory. I, I forgot I about I had actually Marvel. forced myself to forget. I got to find that clip. <laughs> I, I, I got to find that clip. I was like, oh. I put that with the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. <laughs> I was just ready to walk past it. Yes. Uh, number three is Civil War. Again, Russo Brothers. Oh, my God. Plus, they give me my first, like, goosebump-inducing hero moment with the face off at the airport it's something Mm -hmm. that you've been dreaming about this whole time i get why they kind of put thor and hulk by the wayside because they would just destroy everything there um but you get spider-man i I mean i was in the theater and i knew he was coming because they they put him in the in the trailer but the minute i saw queens new york 
Like, I audibly was like, yes, because I knew Peter Parker was coming. Yes. That's exactly what that signaled. And that was a genius move. But there are so many, it's little things that they add. Uh, The interaction between Spider-Man and Captain America. Mm -hmm. Where are you from, kid? Queens. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, The the nod. um, The the repeat of his line. um, uh, What does he say? Not not is that all you got, but um, what does Captain America say? He says it in the very first movie, and then he says it to Iron Man. And he says, I, I can take more, or is that all you got? Or Oh, is that all you can do? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's such a, I can do this all day. Yeah, I can oh, do, I this, can do all this all day. day. Yeah, that's right. Such a great line to come back to. Uh, uh, four Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Second one, a, a pretty major disappointment for me for a, a, a few reasons, um, especially because the trailer was so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, Guardians was great because it's a miscast group. I had to convince a lot of people to go see it. I said, look, trust me, it's going to be good. The, the the trailer looks amazing. It's good casting, as long as they play certain things right. Um, I still haven't seen a very powered up uh, Nebula. I don't think if I'm ever going to get it, but mm. but it, it hit all the funny bone parts. It hit all the family themes for it. Um, and then number five is Ragnarok, oh. uh, which just uh, Chris's comedic timing mm-hmm. is incredible and and i'm just gonna say uh it's not fair you don't get to be that handsome <laughs> and funny yeah. okay you and ryan reynolds, ryan reynolds can just stop yeah. stop it right now let some of us you know four and a half to five out of ten guys be the funny ones <laughs> absolutely okay this is what we're relying on and his comedic timing is Amazing. Like, literally, that first turn, he's like, oh, oh this, I'm not even doing this. When he says that, I was just like, I'm lost. This is it. I'm done. This is going to be amazing. And it is. The characters around them, I'm still interested to see who survived. Um, not only the Thanos attack, but, you know, the snapping. Um, the snapping. The snapshot. Yeah. But that's my, uh, that's my top five. All right. So I'm going to start with my bottom five here. Uh, the the worst Marvel film of all time, I believe, is Hulk. Hulk was awful. I could not stand it for various reasons, sorts and kinds. Uh, number two was Iron Iron Man two. It did not Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man two. <laughs> yeah. The bird. Ooh. The bird. The bird. Yeah, and then of course it was the first Thor, and then the second Thor, um, back to back. And then this one's kind of hard for me, actually, just because it was really underwhelming. I liked it, but. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 was just really underwhelming. I thought they could have done a lot more. Um, they had Kurt Russell, and it's just, I feel like they just, they underutilized, were yeah. underutilized, and they, they, they were, they were in, they were so caught off guard by how popular Groot and the first Guardians was that they just pumped that out there really quick within two years. I thought they could have done a better job with the script. Um, wasn't a bad movie, though. It was a good movie. I just thought it could have been so much more. Uh, top five. Now, this is where things get really, really, really hard for me. It's like, you know, choosing between your top 15 favorite kids. And, you know, so uh, number five right now, Captain Marvel. Uh, that movie, it was, it was a solid movie. And what they were able to do with it, going backwards and being able to build a universe, I thought it was really well. Uh, done really well. Uh, I love Samuel L. Jackson. Of course, Brie Larson is one of my favorite actresses of all time. So beautifully, beautifully directed, beautifully written. Could have I thought could have done more, but it didn't need to be because you had to set up the next movie in game, of course. Uh, number four is Civil War. Love Civil War, absolutely epic. Uh, just it was just, just that 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 airport scene and just how they set it up and how it lined up with the comic books. I think oh, was genius. Um, 
Number three, this is where things get really kind of, uh, number three has to be Black Panther for me. That movie was just visually stunning. Uh, I am, Ryan Coogler is probably in my top five directors right now. Like what he did in the first Creed movie, just everything with one shot, the whole fight scene. And then he was able to emulate that Mm -hmm. in Black Panther, like the whole fight scene when they're in, um, I think, where are they? They're in Korea? Yeah. They're in Korea. And that whole fight scene, just all in one shot. Oh, yeah, in the casino, uh, that was amazing. Oh, gosh, like, in the cinematographer, she's amazing. Her mind's blanking on me, or her name's blanking on me right now. I totally, as a film student, I should know her name. Um, But beautiful beautiful film the story was amazing and how you had this very unique very culturally specific story that still fit into the marvel cinematic universe and that still you were able to you know michael b jordan you're able to sympathize with the villain like oh my gosh he has a really valid point here and like i think he's probably the second greatest um marvel marvel uh villain of all time just because two for me yeah yeah, right after thanos i mean gosh same order yep and then number uh two has to be infinity war uh that just was just epic i I love infinity war and number one um, was the Winter Soldier, because what the Winter Soldier did, they proved that you can kind of get out of the comic book genre. And I just remember seeing that and just being in awe of that film. I saw it like seven times in theaters. And I actually watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the, the night before it came out. Nice. And then everything lined up. And then the next episode, and they've since run Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the ground. Oh, yeah. But just, oh, that what they were able to do with that film was just so, and they, they introduced Falcon, and it was just great. I loved it. So that's my top and bottom five Marvel films of all time. Right on. So, nice, nice. Very, very cool. So before we continue on with the show, uh, I, I just wanted to get into a little conversation I had with many of you guys know our friend Leo Camacho. He is a friend of the show. Um, I worked with him professionally before. He is a Disney influencer, vlogger, content creator, all-around awesome guy, Instagrammer, whatever you want to call it. And I got a chance to sit down with him for about 30 minutes and have a conversation about Disney. I know many of you may be listening for the first time because you knew there was going to be an interview with him. We took some of your guys' questions. So go ahead and sit back and relax and listen to our interview with the Mr. Leo Camacho. Hey there, Dcasters. This is Andy, and like I had said before, I'm here with the one, the only, Mr. Leo Camacho from Los Angeles, California. How are you doing today, Leo? Doing all right, man. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. It's a rainy, rainy day here in Oregon. How are you doing down there in L.A.? Uh, it's finally starting to warm up. The sun is out and my allergies are through the roof. I love oh, it. Fun. Always, <laughs> always the best. Always the best. So yeah, we have two seasons, rainy and summer. Yeah. Yeah. It's hot or yeah. Rainy, which yeah. is nice in LA, I guess. And rainy season it. lasts like a month, maybe. No, we have had uh, a weird wet season this year. Like Got the El Nino like, going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely El, El Nino. He's been mad that we've kept them out of the party for so long <laughs> and it has been raining for like three months straight, which is super unusual usual here yeah gosh that is that is really crazy yeah we've got a late start to our winter here so it should be like nice in spring right now but it's just raining raining tired of it anyways people don't want to hear about the weather they want to hear no. about you so what about my eyebrows so for, yes you're your amazing eyebrows <laughs> we always get a lot of questions about the eyebrows with you 
you. Yeah. Um, so, what's been going on with you? you uh, you've been on the show once before with Sarah, and uh, this is your first time just being on the show. So, tell us about you, who you are, what you do. Your 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 title sure. is influencer. So, what what is it you do? God, I hate that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most influencers hate that word because it's just like it's so pretentious sounding. It sounds like I'm it's my job to influence the mind of the weak. No, uh, that's just a term that marketing companies use to describe people that um, put out content that sort of, I don't know, it relates to brands and ideas and they call it influencing because you sort of shape the zeitgeist on whatever it is that you post about. Yeah. In my particular example, it is Disney uh, mainly and also like geek and nerd culture. But I like to use terms like content creator or, uh, you know, personality, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But um, but lately, I don't know, man, it feels like uh, social media has been going topsy-turvy for the last six months and everybody's sort of trying to figure out what they're doing. I'm still on the Disney grind because I love it. Mm -hmm. I recently um, went on a crazy – first of all, at the beginning of the year, I ran the Disney half marathon in Orlando for Run Disney which is really cool. I'd never run ever in my life before. And seeing that whole run Disney event was spectacular. Yeah. And then two weeks ago, Disney sent me on this insane trip to Orlando for a week. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And then followed by a three day cruise to the Bahamas on the Disney dream. So I have been in the thick of that Disney life this year so far. So what's been like the most, uh, what, what, do you, what has he most excited about being a, a Disney type social media content creator <laughs> right now? Like what has you the most excited? The fact that that's even a thing is pretty exciting, right? Um, <laughs> that's wild. But uh, honestly, God, that that cruise was nuts, man. But right now, obviously, the talk of the town is Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, mm -hmm. right? That's what everybody wants to see, how that's going to go down. Everybody wants to know what that park's going to look like and feel like. I know we've gotten some previews, but that's not – you know, none of that stuff ever accurately portrays what it's like to be there and capture uh, content there because, it, it you know, Disney is an experiential thing. So that's sort of the talk of the town. The other thing everybody is stressed out about is the um, attendance. When that thing opens, Disney – I call it thing like it's a beast, right? Like, like we're going to an alien planet and we're going to come conquer this super elusive monster but um uh yeah when, when star wars land as it's affectionately referred to as opens uh first of all you can't even get in without a reservation yeah. to a land it's not a ride it's not a fast pass it is an entire section of the theme park that you need a reservation just to enter because it's so highly anticipated as a matter of fact you have to have a reservation at the hotel to even get the reservation at the parks like they've gone so deep that's insane right? And, uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how that thing's going to roll out. As a massive Star Wars fan, I want to experience it. But as a Disneyland fan, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. You know, like, what's that going to mean for the park? You know, mm -hmm. what's that uh – How's that going to affect sort of like the regular community? I'm excited and I'm hopeful, but man, is it going to be just a bee's nest when it opens up? And uh, and I'm sort of excited to see what people, how people deal with it. So are you hoping to be there opening day or maybe like they've done with Cars Land in the past, be there for a preview day and be able to God, talk about God it? God willing. God willing, right? Like I, I, I hope that – hey, Disney, if you're listening, listen, I'll buy you some sweet chocolates. I'll take you <laughs> on a date. I got to romance you. I'll do what I got to do get me that media preview i hope i get to go early simply because i want to experience the park like it's meant exactly um that was just like an overwhelming crowd um but hopefully the reservations 
manage that, but I know I don't have a reservation, so I won't be experiencing it unless I get a media preview, which I'm hoping and I'm praying simply because I got to do this cool Disney cruise. Maybe they'll consider me. You know, that's where my thoughts lie. But if not, then I'm just going to go with everybody else. And it's going to be if it's anything like uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's going to be bonkers. I mean, the line to ride was in. They opened up another part of the park just to have the line there, you know. So we'll see. So speaking of, of, of what you do, content creating, wanting to be a part of like the, the preview day for media for, for Star Wars Land Galaxy's Edge, how did you get into all this? Because you didn't like set out and go to college like, I want to be an influencer. Like, How did that happen? It's a complete accident. I, I went to school for graphic design. I, I just I wanted to be an artist, you know, and I wanted to do it in a practical sense so I can actually make a living doing it instead of being starving. Mm-hmm. So that's what I started out as. Um, I, I got into social media very early on, like in the MySpace days, um, purely by accident. Um, I was using my graphic design to make fake pages and promote them like they were uh, fake band pages, no less. I had a video game <laughs> acapella cover band. And I did all of this artwork and I made posters and I you know, I designed the page to look like it was a super legit band. And um, as a result, people started following it. Because they, you know they were like, oh, this would be cool if it was real. Um, and I recorded all these songs by myself, like multi-part <laughs> harmonies and stuff. Um, but what it really taught me was just like how to build a brand online, something that people can interact with. Um, oh. So I just kind of kept doing that. And eventually that led to some opportunities with hosting. I ended up getting a show online. I started learning the world of digital content creation before it had that title pre-YouTube. As YouTube rolled around, a lot of those peers that I was working with became influential YouTubers. I learned the ropes from them. I started getting featured on their channels. Um, Eventually, Tracy Hines cast me as Prince Eric in her Little Mermaid Part of Your World music video, which exposed me to the Disney fandom. Now, I was already a Disney fan. Don't get me wrong. I've always been a Disney fan. But it exposed me to the fandom, to the community around it. And when I saw that ravenous consumption of Disney culture, um, it sort of sucked me in and it steered me in that direction. I knew that um, I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit. And as a result, um, with Sarah, you know, we started just participating in all sorts of Disney sub-community things, particularly Disney bounding and cosplay, yeah. um, which ended up drawing a lot of attention because I happened to look like every Disney male character <laughs> of all time. Genetic coincidence. Uh, you know, didn't see that one coming. Um, and as a result, people started following me. Um, I continued with my Disney lifestyle. And Disney eventually realized that influencers, uh, as the term is used, help sort of shape the community's perspective of Disney. And yeah. utilizing yeah. those people that have that attention is to their benefit because we can describe the things that we love about Disney in a way that is authentic and relatable to the community itself because we are the community, right? It's not Disney talking down to us. It's us talking amongst ourselves. Um, And as a result, Disney has given me quite a few opportunities to be that representative, which I feel extremely fortunate for. And that's how I end up in in these zany trips. <laughs> and that's been a cool thing to watch is Disney's kind of embraced the, the social media influencer. I remember a few years yeah, ago, they were they, fighting it, right? They were fighting and they were also trying to do like these high level productions where they would hire an actor and actress and make it look like they were like vlogging in the park. But it's like, you obviously have a $5,000 camera on them and they have their arm out looking like they're vlogging and they're not, right. uh, but they totally embraced that. You know, they, they bought maker now it's Disney digital networks. What's your kind of hope? And I was on maker before too. Yeah. That's the, yeah. So when it was 65,000 YouTubers, they, cut it down to 300 and they slice it into verticals and because like we said not very many people make disney content i was lucky enough to 
be one of those 300 and now that's what they utilize me for to create Disney content for Disney Digital Network. So where is that going Disney Digital Network in the social influencers within Disney? Where's that going? What's the future of that? So um, they've definitely shifted their stance instead of being like this multi-channel network that is just trying to get YouTubers and make money on Google AdSense and stuff like that. They've become more of a of a refined talent agency that utilizes people's strengths. So for, for me, it's Disney, for example, mm-hmm. um, and like a little bit of gaming, too. They throw me in that pocket as well. Um, but they're definitely focused on that working with brands on bigger collaborations. And they are now also in charge of the um, the Disney streaming service. So they're going to be working with talent um, to that degree and uh, sort of shaping some of the content that you'll see pop up on that service as well. Very cool, very cool. So as far as like your love of Disney itself, how did that start? You said you've always been a Disney fan. So, you know, I mean, I'm just going to be blunt here for sure, sure. You know, a, a straight, you know, 20, 30 <laughs> something guy to just love Disney like you or I do. I, I get weird looks sometimes. I know you probably do, too. Yeah. So how yeah, did yeah. that start? Well, it's interesting that you say that because that's one of the things that makes me unique is I am a minority even in this small niche. Right. Um, but it started because my family was into Disney. So growing up. I, I mean, I've said this in, in other interviews and, I, and at the risk of sounding redundant. Uh, Disney represents the American dream. Mm-hmm. You know, it's anything is possible if you believe and you work hard and, and you and you make it happen. Right. That's what Disney is. My family, uh, they're immigrants. They're from Cuba. And so um, I feel like Disney really captured that safe space for them. Like they can raise their kid and he has all of these virtues and values instilled in him through these beautiful works of art. And my family definitely were they were consumers of pop culture when they got here. My aunts were young. And so they grew up in America, even though they're from Cuba. So like all of that pop culture was in my house. But Disney always kind of stood out because it is family friendly. It is beautiful. It is prolific, Um, especially at that time, because it was the Disney Renaissance for me. So it was like when Disney was at its like height, yeah. it, was, it was steamrolling, right? You had the Little Mermaid. I even remember Oliver and Company. I was very young, but like I remember that, you know, and then and being super into it because I wanted the Happy Meal toys. Mm-hmm. And um, but then, you know, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast. Like, I mean, you were, I was the prime demographic for that as it was rolling out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, being in the thick of that with my family made me love it. And. I wanted to be an artist, like I said, and Disney sort of fueled that process because when it comes to quality, it's unmatched, it's unrivaled, right? So yes, I watched Saturday morning cartoons, I watched Looney Tunes, I watched the um, Super Mario Brothers Super Show, I watched the USA Cartoon Express, I watched all of that stuff, right? Um, But Disney was always sort of the benchmark. It was, and Aladdin came out and I was a boy and I liked the Disney and that was the movie that sort of like brought it all together. I could go on adventures and it wasn't a girly thing, which by the way, I never had that reference. It was never like a princess sweet thing for girl. Like for me, it was all the same. Yeah. I don't, I'm an only child. I didn't have any sisters, so I didn't have any thing to compare it to. Uh, to me, it was just all this fantasy world that I could just lose myself in and that my family allowed me to because they were very overprotective and they were selective about the things that I could do. But Disney was free game. Just go to town, be a fan. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer. But <laughs> that, that was perfect. Chop that up. Chop that up. Absolutely. So we're going to get to some uh, listener questions. we got quite a few Ooh. here off of Instagram. So first one is, favorite between Prince Eric or Aladdin? Oh, man. Someone asked that? That's not even fair. Um, it's Aladdin. It's Aladdin. You know, even as a kid, 
I knew that I looked like Prince Eric. Mm-hmm. Like I remember there was the going back to Happy Meal toys. They did a, a line of Little Mermaid toys. There was like an Ariel that floated, and um, there was a Prince Eric that was in this little green boat, and you could pull him out. And he was holding Sebastian in his hand. It was like from the Kiss the Girl scene. Um, I used to take that Prince Eric and pretend it was me when I would play with my action figures. Like that was the representative of me because it looked like me. Um, but even that being said, like he just doesn't have as much character as Aladdin does. And he's the character, you know, he's like, he kind of uses humor to, to to deal with his emotions. You know, he's 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 got depth. He's got issues just like anybody else. He's a little bit of a liar. Uh, which makes him flawed, and I, I've, you know, I relate to being a flawed but charismatic human being. And so Aladdin was like the one that really spoke to me. Um, so he's my favorite of the two. But mad respect to my boy Eric. Very cool. It's kind of funny. I have I, I, I didn't even notice this the other the other day. Um, I was at my workstation at work, and Leo and I have done some some work together. And I have all the figurines all over my office. And in front of sometimes I put figurines in front of my computer screen. I had a Doctor Strange. I had a Poe Dameron. I had a Prince Eric, and then oh I had Aladdin there. And I'm editing oh, footage of you, and I'm like, okay, he's gotten way too in my head lately. Listen, just ask me out, man. I'll say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Only on Mondays, man. Crush Mondays. Oh, Mondays. Right. Okay. So next question is um, actually it's been asked quite a bit. Um, you, people pretty much know you've been to every Disney park except for Hong Kong, I believe. Yes. yes. What is your favorite and why? Ooh, man. Ah, oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's a. Mm. Okay. In ter- oh, man. It's a tough question, right? And and you got to answer this carefully because Disney fans are like, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> Let me let me explain my answers as I go. Disney Tokyo Sea. Um, in terms of production, and in terms of like detail and losing yourself in a believable world, mm-hmm. that pa- that park is unmatched. It is the most visually stunning park. It is the most detail oriented and well thought out park of all the Disney parks that I have been to personally. It just the theming is abundant and it is so easy to get lost in all in the fantasy of it all it is beautiful 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 but it's also tied with animal kingdom because i i I love the idea of that park i love the attractions at that park i mean it's hard to argue with flight of passage but i also love that you can go on a safari in a disney park and i'm a huge sucker for animals so that being said if you're a disney fan tokyo sea wins if you're a fan of Disney's ability to create unique experiences, then I think Animal Kingdom takes the cake there. And then, you know, a very close second place, because those two are kind of tied for first for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but very close second is Disneyland, just because it feels like home. I was there yeah. the other day, and I was sitting on Main Street, and I was like, you know, it's not as big as the other parks. Uh, it's not as illustrious in many ways, but it is the first. And they do what they can with what they have. And mm-hmm. there's something about the feeling of the crowds there. It's crowded because you're close together. And I think there's something to be said about that. It really makes the community feel close together, right? Like you feel a sense of history. You feel like you're part of this, at, at the epicenter of this epic lineage. Because Disneyland really, I mean, yes, there were the animated shorts and things like that before that was, were, were sort of making Disney the name that it is now. But I feel like Disneyland is what makes it real because previously it was all on a screen but disneyland brought it to you you can you can see it you can touch it you can walk through it uh it helped it was it was made to help you escape and 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 you feel it when you're at disneyland so i guess that's my answer it's 
Tokyo Sea, uh, Disney Sea, and Animal Kingdom, and then Disneyland. Yeah, there's something about Disneyland just being there, being on Main Street, sitting on the porch there, you know, just for an hour in front of Gibson yeah. Girls, just chilling and being a part of that community. And constantly, I know, like, when I go there, I go there a few times a year, I constantly see people I know. Whereas I go to Disney World, I, I'd be lucky if I run into anybody I know. Just it's that community, that close knit, just. Everybody, yeah. everybody just at any there. given moment you're going to see a friend exactly you know, or make a friend because uh, yeah. you see because everyone's a regular there and they kind of like know how to handle themselves yep yeah, yeah. so next question uh you've gone on a bit of a uh, a fitness trip over the last few years <laughs> and we, we you actually posted on instagram yesterday kind of a before and after pic which is amazing very inspirational to me thanks man. um so how have you stayed motivated to keep going to the gym <sighs> Yeah, you know, that's honestly one of the most common questions I get. And it's a combination of things. Number one is you can't think about it as a chore. You can't think about it as something that like, oh, I got to be fit. I got to go to the gym. You have to think about it as a hobby. You have to think about it as something that you want to do, right? Like nobody forces you to play video games. Nobody forces you to, you know, watch a movie. Nobody's forcing you to go to the gym. You should go because you like how it makes you feel. And yes, at first it does make you feel pain. <laughs> it's, yes. it's hard. You've got to make that neuromuscular connection. You've got to reteach your body to be active and to utilize those muscles properly. There's the whole science of it. But at the end of the day, you're doing it for you. You're doing it because it makes you feel good. You're doing it because it's good for your body. And once you get into that rhythm of like ownership and making it the point of your life that you control, I said this in my post as well. It's like social media is overwhelming, right? You're always under scrutiny in the public eye and everything put out there is free to be judged and you're con- coming up with content and there's a stress to that. Then there's the relationships around you and managing and navigating your own life. And then there's your job and your career and all of that stuff you're obligated to do. And it's just like, whether you want to or not, it's part of your life. But the gym became the thing that I controlled. Uh-huh. It became the epicenter, it became the eye of the storm. When I was there, I was there for me. I could zone out, put some headphones on, or not, I could go with a friend. And we could bond and just have that moment for us. It sort of felt like a world within a world. And I became addicted to that feeling. And eventually, I became addicted to the physicality of it. I like it now, I feel like I'm playing a game. I would set little challenges for myself. And, and finding that groove is what will keep you going, I think. What about diet wise? What have you done? Because you've you've done some uh, oh, some posts about different diet diet situations sure. and, and, and services. How how's that changed? <laughs> um, I have I am I am not a role model when it comes to diet. <laughs> I will say <laughs> I have a very complicated relationship with fast food. I am I am severely addicted. Um, when I was at my most overweight, I was eating McDonald's three times a day. Quarter, I mean a a Big Mac with two double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a Coke. Not even a Diet Coke. I was doing that like two to three times a day. So I, I have an addiction. Um, what I found was you just have to curb it. You don't have to eliminate it. You just have to curb it. So what I did was I calorie counted. I didn't go on any crazy diet. I just knew that in order to lose weight, I had to burn more than I was consuming yep. at first. Because yep. eventually that changes, that that shifts. You can't hold on to that forever. And I'm struggling now, like trying to convince myself that I need to eat more calories because I'm trying to fill out. But um, um, just don't eat it every day. Have it once, maybe twice a week. That's okay. You can still get a burger. It's not going to kill you. You don't lose the weight overnight. You don't gain the weight overnight. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Um, I didn't have any special diet other than that calorie control. What I did learn to do was manage my portion. So instead of having a giant bowl of pasta, clearly that's too many carbs. You have a cup of pasta, maybe like a little side of pasta with the proper amount of protein and some greens. And as long as you balance, you can eat what you want. Just eat the right amount of it. 
as long as you do that and you manage that, you're okay on on the diet. Like now, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I I did that for like a year and a half, like really managing my my intake just so that I would lose the weight and and shape up properly. But now I'm in a in a cycle where I'm trying to gain the weight. So. I'm just eating everything I possibly can. Still being conscious of the sugars as mm-hmm. much as possible. But honestly, I go six times a week and I burn it up, which yeah, is like you... the opposite advice that you want to hear. But at some point that happens. Like you could just kind of go ham. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's been the biggest thing for me as, as I've been on my weight loss journey is just counting those calories and making sure, okay, you stick know, to it. Stick, you st- stick to it. You, you constantly counting. Even with the pain, you're like, just count it, count it, count it. And then, yep. okay, like I really, I'm going out tonight. So I need to extra 20 minutes on the elliptical because I need to earn those what I'm going to yeah. have tonight. It's just, it, it takes or, a lot of work. Or don't kill yourself. Like, okay, you went over today. Tomorrow, don't. Exactly. That's all it is. Like, don't kill, don't be so hard on yourself is what I tell people. It's like, because I feel it, it snowballs so quickly and out of control. It's like, oh, I ate badly today, so I might as well just eat badly tomorrow. It's like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's one day at a, it's one moment at a time. It's not, it's not like this is affecting you or, or dictating how you should live your life. Like, eat what you want to eat, but be aware of what it does and don't do it every single time. Everything in moderation. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Like, no, you're not trained to be a bodybuilder right off the bat. That's physically impossible. That mm-hmm. takes years to to accomplish. At first, you're just trying to get a grip on your life. Control what you eat. Control what you do. That's it. Super simple. Bingo. You don't have to go on keto. You don't have to go on paleo. Like, those are trend diets. Yeah. And, and they're not enjoyable. They're like, not. What's the point? What's the point of like being healthy if you're not enjoying your life? Yep. Splurge a little bit. You know yep. who cares? Yeah, years of doing trend diets just didn't work. I'm like, ah, forget no, it. No, calories in, calories out. Designed, calories seco. Calories in, calories out. Trend diets are made for specific things. Like a lot of people don't realize, like ketogenic diets are meant to put your body into ketosis, which is uh, a fat burning state, and so you're eating a lot of fats and, and proteins. But but that's really good if you're being a high performance athlete for a limited amount of time like living on keto is super bad for your body because it's not meant to process fats that way like fats are reserve energy right but keto makes you tap into that as your soul basically soul fuel source Mm -hmm. um anyways i can go on and on about this don't just blindly jump into a diet is what i'm trying to say to everybody out there just eat responsibly that's it very cool very cool so as far as got a lot of questions about this so i'm just gonna ask (laughs) just favorite disney cosplay that I've done, or yeah, you've, that you have done. That I've done, man. You know, that's a tough question. Honestly, I think it's I think it's um, Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time. I think because I look so much like Colin O'Donohue mm-hmm. when I'm in that costume specifically, people always double take, and <laughs> sometimes sometimes they think that I am the actor playing a joke. And there's something about that interaction that is hilarious to me. Also, people are – they like flirting with pirates. And so people are a little <laughs> bit more like loose and goosey around me and I and I, and I, I kind of like that reaction uh, a lot. It's similar to when I was when I would do Jack Sparrow, but that's so character heavy mm-hmm. um, that it sort of like takes me out of it a little bit. But Captain Hook is like the right balance between character and just being myself. Very cool. Uh, another one here. If your life could be made into a film, what, what would the title be? Uh, <laughs> Leo Camacho, garbage firewalking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I haven't really spent um, time thinking about. Uh, what would you? What would you call it? You you're looking at me from the outside. Oh, what gosh. would you? Uh, I I have I have no idea. Yeah, that's a tough question that to ask anybody, tough. right? Yes, very much so. We'll come back to that. I, yeah, I feel like I had a name once, and I just like completely. Uh, Man, I'm gonna, I'll come. I'll come up with something. All right, all right. So uh, here's another one. What Disney movie urgently needs a sequel? 
Ooh, my guy. Wow. Um, well, given that it is a sequel, but sort of a reboot sequel, I would go with Tron Legacy because I know that Tron Legacy is a sequel to Tron, right? Yeah. But it's not. They're not even. They're not. They're apples and oranges. They're not related. Right? Yeah. They're not even related. So, like, I want a sequel to Tron Legacy done in the style of the Marvel films because that yeah. movie for the first 35, 40 minutes is amazing. But then it falls off so hard after the light cycle sequence. And what I'd like is for them to take what they've learned with the Marvel films and those franchises and apply it to the Tron franchise. That's what that's what I'd like to see. Very cool. Um, I, I, I know the answer to this one, but I'm just going to ask Harry Potter or Fantastic, or Fantastic Beasts. Oh, here. I'm sorry. What? Fantastic what? Fantastic yeah. Beast. No, Harry Potter, man. Yeah. Hundred percent. I I like the idea of Fantastic Beasts of like the adult wizarding world instead of the kid stuff. But Harry Potter has a, a fantastical nature that the magic, the Fantastic Beast just fails to capture. I think it tries to be too serious and too complex of a story because Harry Potter is like a story told over seven books and it weaves and it winds and there's so much source material to pull from, so it feels like a full world. Where Fantastic Beast was made cinematically, but still tries to capture that without any source material, and I feel like it gets a little bit lost in itself but but harry potter is where it's at it captures the magic no Mm -hmm. pun intended perfectly absolutely all right here's the one that gets cast a lot of times uh would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or a thousand duck-sized horses shout out to reddit um (laughs) i would like to fight what is it what what is it it's it's a hundred a thousand thousand uh duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck I want to fight a horse-sized duck because I feel like that's the closest to fighting a dragon you get. You know. All right. What, I don't want to see how threatening because I mean geese and and swans are already pretty scary, but what if it was a giant swan? That's like a that's like a kaiju, really. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, what is your best tip for a first-time Disneyland goer? Um. Oof. Man, that's overwhelming. If you're a first-time Disneyland goer, well, my my advice to you would be to do your homework before you go. Know what you want to do before you get there. Find the foods that you want to eat before you go because it's over. There's so much. It's it's there's so much. So many people. The crowds are overwhelming. There's so much food to choose from. There's so many rides. The lines take a while. So if you're gonna go. Sort of look up online, like there's so much content out there about food and rides and all that kind of stuff. So know what you want to eat, uh, plan that out. And uh, I would say hit the major key attractions. And then if you have time or if there's no line as you're moving from one to another, hit the smaller ones. So like things like Indiana Jones, you got to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Things like Star Tours, you got to do it if you've never been on a Star Tours ride. If you've been to Orlando and you've ridden Star Tours, pass on that. But Indiana Jones is unique to our park, so you definitely got to go on that. Um I would say you got to go on Pirates of the Caribbean because you got to see where it started. Um, what else is really important? Oh, Thunder Mountain, obviously another really fun one that you should probably hit. Um, Space Mountain, also the classic. So basically, topple the big ones, topple the big hits. But like things like Autopia, if you're not going with a kid who loves cars, you can pass on that. Yeah. You know, like save that to later. Nemo's Under uh, the Submarine Voyage. Probably you can skip on that. So claustrophobic. It's so claustrophobic, and it's kind of it kind of smells. It right? does smell funny. It stinks in there. Um, but yeah, so hit those Keystone attractions. Hit the Jungle Cruise because the skipper's out here. You have to remember this is L.A. This is the land of entertainers. So mm-hmm. the Jungle Cruise out here is fire. Yeah, like the skippers are so good. So I highly like. Don't pass on. Don't sleep on the Jungle Cruise. Um, catch Fantasmic if you can. Go to World of. Oh yeah, yeah. So 
here's what you do. You go Disneyland in the morning. You go hard. You hit the rides you want to hit. When the afternoon starts getting busy and the crowds get intense, go over to Disney's California Adventure. Chill out. Grab a drink, you know, because you can drink there. Mm-hmm. Adults can be adults there. Um, then you can get on cars. If you can get on the ride, do single rider. That's my tip of the day. Um, go on Guardians, uh, single rider, tip of the day. Uh, no, actually, try to get a fast pass for that. Yeah. Use the app. Use the Disneyland app. Uh, it's worth getting, what's that called? Um, the... The Max Pass? Max Pass, yeah. It's $10 Max a day. Pass. And you get a photo pass. Super worth it. Yeah. Absolutely worth it. Definitely do that. Get on Guardians. You know, do those two rides. Walk around the park. If you can see World of Color there, that's dope. Or you can come back for that. And then as it starts to cool down in the evening, go head over back to Disneyland when everybody's seeing the show. Like when they're getting ready for Phantasmic and the fireworks show and all that kind of thing. That's when you start going back on the rides because the lines reduce. Mm-hmm. So park hop. Yep. Park yeah, hop. Sandwich it. Make a burger. Disney burger. One thing I, I always tell people in preparation, I get asked that a lot. What's the best thing I should do or what suggestions would you give? I actually send them a ton of links to your guys' old Thingamavlogs videos. Oh, you guys done a ton of stuff between food and rides. I mean, you and Tiff and, and, and Patrick and Sarah all did amazing, you know, what to, how to videos, best this, best that. And I just send them like 10 different links to those videos. Like, just watch these and go for it. And that's Thank usually the best advice. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like I know how to navigate that park. I've been there a couple times. Yep. <laughs> All right. So two more questions. Questions I ask every guest on here. Um, what does Disney mean to you? What does Disney mean to me? Disney. Hmm. Disney is unlimited possibility. Uh, I'll give you a really good example of what that means. When I was a kid, I used to sit outside on my porch with my friend, and we would we would lay on the grass and we would uh, we would look up at the sky and we would say, "How cool would it be if there was a Star Wars theme park?" And we would fantasize about what this theme park could look like and what we would do in it. And then we realized, well, that's never going to happen because Star Wars is never going to build a theme park. This is pre prequels, by the way. Mm-hmm. And now look at today. The most anticipated thing of 2019 is a Star Wars theme park inside of a Disney theme park. Disney took something that seemed impossible at the time from the from the the, 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 the whimsy of my youth and made it a real thing. That's that's incredible, and it just says to me that anything is possible, right? Like a. a, a a, a frog can become a princess. You know, it's that sort of mentality that anything is possible. Magic is real. If you work hard enough and you chase your dreams, it's possible. A dream is a wish your heart makes, right? And Disney doesn't just exemplify that in the stories that they tell, but in the things that they do. I literally went on a boat called the Disney Dream to the Bahamas because because it existed. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like something I just made up. It was like something that because I followed my passion and I created for it, the opportunity presented itself through Disney. So, yeah, Disney is unlimited potential. It's creative opportunity. And uh, and it's a home. It's a home for so many of us, right? Very true. Very cool. Um, last question. What does the Disney community, online community, mean to you? You know, when I, uh, I do... I've been doing social media for a living for a long time and I work with a lot of brands and um, anytime I've worked with a brand, they always have to preface any task with um, the tone and the voice of their community and what to watch out for and things to think about and stuff like that. And uh, the internet can be a very harsh place, but the one thing that I've repeated myself on over and over whenever I'm in these situations is that, uh, cause people ask, they're like, well, what's, what's the Disney community like? And I always say the same thing. It's, 
overwhelmingly positive. It is the most positive online community that I've ever had the pleasure of not just being a part of, but just witnessing because I've been in gaming. I've been in cosplay. I've been uh, in science. You know, I've done all of these things, even dabbled in fashion. And of all those worlds, the least cynical, the most supportive um, and the most creative and aware and, and like like socially aware group is the Disney community. So to me, it's a network of positive individuals that are that are trying to do the best with, with what they've got. And they're supportive of the things that make you unique, right? Not just the things that you like, like nerds supporting nerds because, oh, you like cartoons? Me too. It's more than that. It's like, again, it's that potential, right? And they're, they're in support of that potential of each other. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your disability is. It doesn't matter what um, what your unique quirk is, or you know what you're particularly into. If it's uh, live action movies that are serious in tone, or like something silly and for kids, like all of it's fine. All of it's fair game because it defines who you are. And Disney is in support of you being unique, and the community in particularly likes to elevate individuals who maybe are a little bit reluctant about who they are, but they find each other, and through that, create more than a community, real lasting connections and family amongst themselves, amongst ourselves. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Leo. Leo, how can people yeah, find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Leo Zombie. That has nothing to do with Disney. It was a username I made when I just needed to get on the internet many years ago, but now I feel like it's too late to change. <laughs> um, and you can find me on Twitter at Leo Zombie. No Mr. Very Casual. Those are probably two of the best. <laughs> Anyway, Facebook, YouTube, I'm on all those other things too, but those are my two big ones. Awesome. All right. Leo, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, man. It's always nice to catch up with you. You too, man. Thanks. Once again, thanks to my good friend, Leo Camacho. And I don't just say that he actually is a good friend. I I love that guy to death uh, for coming and just talking on the show and, and putting the questions out on his Instagram. So as we continue on with the show, um, we're going to do, David, you got a little bit of a Marvel, yeah. what are we calling it? Uh, I got some Mar- a couple of Marvel fun facts. This stuff. is a Marvel just, heavy just, show today. Just, just some uh, yeah. tidbits and stuff yes. that I like to share with everybody. Marvelous Marvel facts. Absolutely. Marvelous Marvel facts with David. So the, the first the, the first fact I, I want to share with everyone, everyone's familiar with the, with the term zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bet you didn't know that that actually was trademarked by Marvel. So I knew that because you told me. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, okay. So yeah. So back in it was uh, 1972, uh, they actually introduced a comic book called the uh, Tell of the Zombie, mm-hmm. and they filed for a trademark for the word zombie, and they got approved for it two years later. So in 1975, they got approved for the trademark zombie. You cannot use zombie without paying some big dough to uh, to Marvel. Oh. Now, with that said. They haven't collected from anybody, and in 1996, I believe it was, um, they actually had to modify the actual trademark. So they mod- they modified it, and now what they have in its place is called its Marvel Zombie. So you can't use Marvel Zombie, which, I mean, I, I don't think anybody would even dare put Marvel in front of anything nowadays. And <laughs> no. Stuff. But, but uh, because Marvel did not go after anybody during that period, and Zombie became this kind of cult uh, cult word and stuff they had to kind of modify it and they did and and so that yeah so there's just a little fun little thing the the phrase the word zombie was actually 
owned at one point in time by Marvel. So that that was that was kind of cool and interesting from for me. Um, oh, a little side note on that. So this is just an extra small little one word fact. Um, the because I was do, when I was doing looking up the trademarks and stuff. Um, superheroes actually trademark. And really, it's actually a shared trademark between DC and Marvel. Huh. So they're the only two uh, comic companies that actually own the trademark currently, uh, as far as as from if you are to believe the internet, that superhero is still trademarked I believe. By, by them. I do. I do too. Uh, I'll, I'll Google. Don't don't come after me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so yeah. So that so that that was pretty cool. So yeah. So the zombie thing. Uh, the next thing, which this one I did not know. I actually had to kind of do a little bit of of digging because I remember a long time ago when I was in, in the nineties. I'm not gonna kind of tell you my age here, but uh, there was a point in time when Michael Jackson actually wanted to play Spider Man. Huh. And he, yeah. I thought it was only Bono, but okay, so <laughs> Michael Jackson too. He, and he was dead. He was dead serious. And so he was super infatuated. He had a comic collection that would challenge anybody. And um, in early two thousands, he actually made an attempt to buy uh, Marvel and Universal. Okay. Uh, he so you know he was just fresh off of getting the Beatles catalog and stuff, which was very controversial. Yes, it was controversial. Paul McCartney was not happy with him. No, it made him a lot of money and stuff yeah. doing that. And so if he would have, if that deal would have gone through with Marvel and stuff, I mean, you, yeah, I ha- one can argue he would probably be well, he would have been there. And, you know, yeah, a uh, person in the world. I mean, I mean, with Universal, I mean, you got ET and Jaws and all those other great mm-hmm. things and stuff, but. But yeah, so that that plans got derailed because it was also right around the time with all the uh, the uh, kitty and the, the sexual abuse uh, allegations, all that stuff uh, started to come out and stuff, and so that got put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. And then Disney, uh, shortly after that, swooped in and bought up bought up Marvel. Yep, and it was a great great move for Disney. In fact, Disney. Um, accomplished everything that <laughs> Michael Jackson actually wanted to do with with the Marvel uh, create a whole universe and, and they did and I'm actually I am super glad for it I you know we we can always talk about like what what would have been and stuff but I am super glad Disney has it and they did a great great job handling Marvel and Marvel Universe and yes stuff and what it is today so so yeah so that was just a fun fact a couple fun facts about about Marvel that some of you guys may right. not have known Marvelous Marvel Facts with David Marvelous. brought to you each week by uh, Diet Coke. <laughs> Not really. Okay. So are, we, are we getting Coke money? No, I hope so. <laughs> Coke. Di- Diet Coke. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Coca Cola. Coca-Cola. 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 Just someone cleared up, Katie said. Coca Cola. So tomorrow, though, um, live action movie comes out by the director Tim Burton. This movie could be a trip. Live action Dumbo comes out tomorrow. I'm seeing it tomorrow, I think, like at 8 50. Um, the reviews have been mixed, yeah, stuff, stuff. mixed, but from our Disney influencer friends, they've been very, very good. Um, this movie, I got, I mean, got Colin, Colin Farrell, um, Danny DeVito, Michael Keaton. I mean, star studded cast. Obviously, Tim Burton is a, you know, he's up and down. He's a very well known director, kind of an auteur. He's good done, you know, Edward Scissorhands, things like that. Beetlejuice. Um, First question is for you guys. Has Disney gone too far with the live action remakes of the animated films? We always talk about the decast. Two, what are you hoping out of this film, of the live action Dumbo? We'll start with Sean. First, first, I don't think they're going too far, no. Um, I like but the, I like the idea of what they're doing. Uh, I'm looking forward to all the movies coming out this year that they are doing remakes on. So I think that it's going to be nice to see how they change it. 
Um, from this movie, I did see a uh, review from uh, Mr. Cheesy Pop. Mr. Cheesy Pop. Um, he had very mixed reaction with it. He said it, he said it was like a three out of five for him. I was kind of shocked. Max. I was kind of shocked with his. Uh, Max. He said it, it took some different roads that he didn't expect. So, okay, okay. So I mean, I I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking. I know you have to, like you said before, the original Dumbo movie was only 80 minutes long or whatever. So it was like had, 65 minutes long. Yeah, they had to add more to it. And yeah. He said they did add to it and they took it down different roads. So I'm looking forward just to see what kind of changes they did to it. Um, it is one of the classic movies. I think it was one of the. Last movies that was made before Walt passed away, I, I believe I heard something about that 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 he had a hand in. I think one of the last animated. I want to say, I believe I'm not 100 percent sure. I might I might have misheard something there, but I know Jungle Book is one of them as well. Okay, but, I might be wrong, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. So, David, what do you think? So I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, just uh, I'll and I'll piggyback it with uh, about Disney making live action films. I'm I'm here for the ride, and they're right. they're going to they're going to stumble. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there there's a few I'm not going to talk about, but um, yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm on board for it. I'm actually I you know I saw Dumbo when I was a kid, so it's kind of interesting to see how they're going to kind of you know I'm I'm really looking for that that realism. See how well they do with that and stuff. Um, they've done some. I mean, Disney animators and their their creative team is amazing. Amazing. I mean, I mean, it, yeah. Captain uh, Captain Marvel's a testament what what they did with Sam Jackson and stuff with the Gosh, age, yeah. progression and stuff. So I'm I'm really looking forward to see how they how they do the blending and stuff. Looking forward to seeing Lion King when that, that oh, comes out. Yes. Lion King. So I'm not I don't see anytime soon me kind of jumping off of the like I'm kind of sick of them kind of live actioning movie. Keep keep them coming. Keep yep. them coming. I'll, I'll consume them until you fumble. So. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Chris, what do we got? I'm not sick yet, but. Uh, Lion King's going to be probably my deciding factor uh-huh. because uh, I can. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about Aladdin again. I'm excited about Dumbo. Um, I'm still not excited about some of the news that I've heard about Lion King uh-huh. in terms of musical choices. Yeah. So that might beware. Be, of, beware of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying be, to beware of that. I'm trying to be prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> so, uh, but I mean, I I trust them so far to make good movies. I may end up enjoying. Lion, Lion King, despite them not having that song, mm-hmm. uh, it's just it, it's it's gonna be a hard pill for me to swallow because it's an amazing song on so many levels. Right. So, but no, they, I mean they they can, they'll keep dishing them out as long as they're getting creative directors putting yeah. their spin yeah. on the magic that probably inspired them to become filmmakers and create themselves. Yeah, you know, and imagination begats imagination, and and that's what inspires people. So maybe they'll inspire the next batch of directors to go even further we shall see we shall see for sure um yeah i'm happy with it i think there's a lot of always debate about oh should disney keep doing this but you know what it's yeah that it's i haven't found a bad one yet except for the second alice in wonderland that was stupid but other than that <laughs> uh, i'm not going to comment on that <laughs> the, the second alice in wonderland was stupid it was dumb there you go i am so tired of johnny depp <laughs> playing the same character over and over uh, listen to Six years of DCAS, I keep harping on this. <laughs> Find a different something, Johnny Depp, please. Anyway, so 
Gosh. Johnny, if you're out there listening, come on. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about your choices. You had an apartment in Ashland for a while. Come on back out here, you know? I mean, I love you, but just do something different. You can't be Jack Sparrow in every single character. and every. Anyways. Works for him, though. I mean, yeah, he's he's laughing all the way to the bank. He's like, I can't hear you. The money pile's too high. I can't hear you. My huge piles of money, guys. You have to yell louder. I'm on my private island in France. That I own. It's own. mine. Right. Uh, with that, guys, uh, we're going we're gonna to close out the episode because we've been talking for 40 minutes. And then How's we have really? Leo's wow. interview. Though. We're just going to go ahead. And uh, where where can we find everybody? We're going to start with Chris. Where can we find you on the interwebs, Chris? You can find me on Instagram at Big Daddy CMB. That's Big, Big Daddy, D-A-D-D-D-Y, <laughs> CMB, like cover me bad. Uh that's a dated reference, so ask your parents. Um, so Big Daddy CMB. Also, you can find me at uh, The Real Chris Brown on Facebook. No, I'm kidding. Just uh, through the Don't decast. Don't do that. You can find me on decast.net. Uh, any, any message you send to the guys, I, uh, I look at and... Uh, if you have any personal questions for me, uh, don't. It's none of your business. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I welcome any and all questions, and I love to yeah, talk about things. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, David, where can people find you on the interwebs? All right. So I am on the few. So I'll, you can find me on Instagram at the real DWVH. I always want to say dot. I always want to say dot com. Dot com. No, no dot com. <laughs> just the real DWVH. Um, I'm on Facebook. You know, David Van Hook. You know, there's my you know pretty smile. You'll see that. I'm on Twitter. I'm not 100 percent sure what my Twitter <laughs> handle. That that shows. I mean, um, you know, my my uh, this kind of dates. My my kids have that kind of helped me out a little bit and stuff. So <laughs> so I I even think am I on Snapchat? I'm, I'm talking to our unpaid intern here, who's my son. Yeah, no. So I, I don't know if I'm on Snapchat, but I know I'm on Twitter. I he knows all the Twitters. I'll give you my handle ne- at the ne- at the next show. So we'll, we'll, just check out the decast.net. Uh, our information will be updated on. Yes, that. yes, yes. And also, you are working on getting the website decast.net going. Yes, integrating. We have also we've gone live yep. with a store. Yes, talk so, about the store a little bit. Yeah, so uh, we are set up on Teesprings. Uh, we in our humble beginnings here. So that will be plugged into the to the decast.net when we do the revise. But it's live right now. You can go into teesprings.com. It's a great, great company. They uh, they ship, they print on very quality uh, uh, t-shirts, uh-huh. and they make you know coffee mugs and diecast stickers, and they're they're all done here in America. It's American yeah. made. It's you know so if that's America. something to you, uh, if you do buy any merchandise, it does support the podcast here. The, yep. So we get to kind of you know do some really cool things and stuff, and have some amazing giveaways and gifts. We love to give back. And yep. stuff. So yeah, so go to Teesprings. It's the decast. You'll you'll find us. You'll see our logo. And everything, and, and I'll get the link up on the decast.net yep. this week, so we can find it there. Right now, we had another one; wasn't really working out for us. And you know, and David's our IT guy. He's gonna all the stuff I I, I like to I, I would like to do, but I just don't have the time to do um, because you know, like film school, you don't get straight A's in film school because you don't spend any time with an unfortunate. That's right. So you know, and the family, kids, you know, uh, you know that sort. Of, who I love and I'm thankful for is just so much going on. <laughs> oh, gosh, I had two shoots this morning, which I love. I'm thankful to be able to do. But so, yeah, I'm so glad David knows the stuff. He loves the stuff. And he's jumping in, and he has a, so, a, a Twitter handle now. Yes. Yeah, so the, the interns did some amazing research. Good job, guys. And so, <laughs> so my Twitter handle is comic dwvh. So I'm not going to tell you what the W stands for in my name, but dvh is my name. So comic dw. VH. 
All right. And big grandpa Sean over here. Well, <laughs> as of about an hour ago, yes. my uh, Twitter is now Papa Disney 55. Yes. <laughs> yes. Papa Dis- One um, of us. One <laughs> of us. And I'm working on changing my Instagram as we speak, so they'll probably both be Papa Disney 55. Andy, where can we find you? Oh, at, can, we call you can we call you Big Papa Disney? Okay. Because then he, he, you, you would love it when we call you Big Papa. Big Pop. Let's do it. Sorry, I had to do that. I'll throw it on there. If it's taken, if it's not, if it's if it's available, it'll be Big Papa. Pretty sure. Love when you call me Big Papa has been taken. What? Anyways, <laughs> we're gonna so a couple of reminders before I get my before you? I get my socials. Uh, don't forget if you just tweet, hey friends, listen to the decast on Instagram or Instagram stories or on Twitter, you will be entered in to win a copy of the Wrinkle in Time. You have until uh, Wednesday at noon. So Wednesday at noon from when you hear this, what's today's date? What's what's next Wednesday? Uh, it's April the first Wednesday in April. Whenever that Probably is, like April third. I think April third. So noon, April third. You tweet that out, and then everyone who does that, you can do it three times a day: once on Stories, once on Instagram, once on Twitter, and then you'll get entered every time. We'll add them all together, put them in a hat, pick a number, boom, and you'll send this out to you free of charge. Also, want to thank Mr. Leo Camacho himself. Make sure you follow Leo Camacho on all the various social media networks. Just search Leo Camacho. You'll find him. He's everywhere. He's got like hundred thousand. Instagram followers. The guy is crazy, but he is awesome to work with. Uh, Decast.net has all of our socials on there. Also, you can follow me at Andy Herndon. Uh, just go at Andy Herndon at Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And I am doing a, I'm surviving right now because I've been, it's been 611 days since I've been to Disneyland, which I'm a guy who used to have, live in Oregon, had annual passes. I would go three, four, five, six, seven, eight times a year. And I haven't been since June 25th. 2017 and it's really it's breaking my heart and so i've i've been i've been tweeting my my anguish and, and, and instagramming my anguish every every chance i get and i've gotten the i've gotten the attention of disneyland and they're tweeting back at me it's been great so really? but I, i'm wanting i'm wanting them to send me so please disneyland send me i will instagram send the whole us. thing you can send leo on a cruise you can send me to disney i'll drive i'll drive <laughs> just put me up put me up in the motel six and then just let me in for a day please disneyland please i'll do anything so anyways uh you can follow me there and all various social media networks and am i missing anything else I don't think I so. Thank you. And I, I did just want to say uh, thank you to to David and Sean and Chris. The decast has been up and down, and just having you guys here put a fire under my butt to get this thing going, taking on the social media, taking on the IT, doing weird, quirky things, Chris, that you do, like talking. We're we're doing we're we're rolling out. Um, we're gonna roll out some uh, the YouTube's some YouTube. We're rolling out the YouTube's. YouTube. We're gonna do. We're gonna do yeah. in, in the interwebs. Try that YouTube. <laughs> we're give it on the internet. <laughs> we're gonna, the, the Dcast YouTube channel. We're gonna do daily videos during the weekdays. Um, you know, David will have a Marvel segment. Uh, Chris, you're doing. We haven't done it on here, but the lesser known. You're gonna do lesser yeah, known. I'll like do some a, lesser known. I'll, lesser I'll expand known. on it because there's a, there's so yeah, much. Big, big Daddy, oh. Big Papa Disney over here is gonna do. You know, surviving Disneyland 101. Uh, my wife keeps trying me to do some Disneyland covers on my guitar. I'll probably do some of that. And oh, just nice. talk. oh my so, gosh! Uh, it'll be all kinds of crazy stuff. So um, yeah, that's coming up. I'm, I think I'm hoping to get that going May first week of May ish. So yeah, check that out. Okay. I just want to thank you guys for just helping me out get this going. And we're looking for some more uh, local people to help us out here. Some ladies. So ladies, if you're listening and you're in the Rogue Valley, Southern Oregon area, and you like the maybe help out being on the show doing some twitter instagram stuff stuff or also doing some you know youtube videos let us know hit us up so with that guys thank you for listening to this week's episode of 
the Decast. You are now listening to a member of the Disney Podcast family. Head over to Disney Podcast Family on Instagram to see all the latest posts for this show and links to other great Disney podcasts.